Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast creeping towards a brand new year. My name's Dan. Thanks for being there. Uh, We've got nine facts for you. Our job, if you choose to join in, is to figure out whether they are incredible, worth passing on, or should be chucked into the bin where pointless facts go to die. I've got stuff about silence, about ridiculous bets, and about criminal letters. Mark is also here. What do you have? Hello. Right, this week for you, I've got something about hidden movies, about cold places, and about Billy Joel. Or, or Billy Joel. Connor is also here. What have you got, Con? Little chat about Donkey. Little chat about South Korea. A little chat about Toast. There you go. Uh, if you've heard the show before, sometimes those facts are incredibly minute chats. Stick around, it's a brand new episode of Baffled. This is our last full show before we reach a brand new year. Thank God. Yeah, you, d- you done? Done with the year, yeah. Not done with this. That's why we're carrying on next year. But 2021's been a bit of a sh** one, isn't it? God. But, but, but you know, 2022 is also 2022. So it's so we just did it again. We're just having 2020 the second time. And we all know the sequels are never as good. Connie, your face looks quite despondent when you realise that we might be in for more of this again for another 12 months. No, no, not, not anymore. But not anymore. think of it like this. 2023 will be 2020. And we're free. So all you need to do is wait another year and then you've got freedom and you can go and do whatever you want. Yeah, I can't wait for another year of not knowing where we're recording a podcast, whether we'll be positioned all over the UK or we'll be together in a lovely studio. We'll wait and see what it brings. Well, I'm looking forward to your annoyed tweets at the government about that. Listen, uh, uh, take up the reins. Go first. Fact number one for us, please. Um, Okay, so Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong from the film, got his name because the creator believed that donkey actually meant stupid. Would we say Donkey Kong from the film? Well, I mean, you've hit hit a roadblock there straight away for me. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Would we not say Donkey Kong from the game? From the game, from the... Isn't isn't there a film with it? No, I don't think there's a Donkey Kong film. Are you thinking of King Kong? Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. There we go. What a way to start. As you can tell, it's the end of the year. Donkey Kong, from the game, got his name because his creator believed donkey meant stupid in English. And he really wanted to try to convey the impression that the character was a stupid ape. The thing is, all the ape does, especially in the original games, is stand at the top of a construction site throwing barrels down at you. So, I mean, it's not 
Like he's not smart, he's not stupid. Yeah, but doesn't it say quite a lot about the English people in the world that he actually believed that donkey meant stupid in English? I, I don't think that's a thing. Is it a thing? I mean, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, oh, you call someone a donkey. donkey. You're a donkey, you're an ass. You're a donkey, you're an ass. Oh, I don't, I don't use that in Essex. Just, just outright idiot that's what we usually use as a term aside from that what 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 do you call people what are like endearing endearing slag offs in essex what do you say uh more endearing slag you know, like you're a mug like oh you're a mug yeah but you actually love him muppet muppet's a good one i use muppet often okay yeah M- muppet um um straight into sort of when we, we kind of stop there really because then you get a thick ear we well, yeah, get a lamp you, on the old bonds. Then you start using words that aren't appropriate for, for, for a midweek baffled episode, you know? How is that for a, a start of, a, of an episode, do we think? Is that, is that you know, is that a, the angel at the top of the tree of facts? It's a warm-up. I mean, I, f- I feel like it's a very Connor fact to immediately confuse King Kong and Donkey Kong. Yeah. yeah. It's a little it's a little warm-up. Look, what what we got to do, we've got to warm, we've got to warm people up here because I am yeah, sure... But then, I am sure... But then Con- that Mark will have a fact that will take us back to the early 40s and we'll be on a mission through, you know, the road layouts of the 1950s or something like that by the end of it. So Two things. One thing, you think it's it's depressing because you think the 40s are is like ancient times, don't you? You know, like, it's just you, you mentioning the 40s, you think that's when Anne Boleyn was alive. Also, if you're saying that's the warm-up, when are we going to hit our peak? At what point every week in the nine facts do you think we hit peak? Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to peak today, I apologise in advance. You know, we are on our second year of baffled. That's a full twenty four months of of episodes, and I think t- t- to say today's scraping the barrel for me. Probably a fair assessment. Scraping one of the barrels that old King Kong is dropping <laughs> down the game chute. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. So you know Mrs. Doubtfire off of the game. Sorry, I mean film. <laughs> oh, that would be a great so shout though, wouldn't it? A Mrs. Doubtfire game. Imagine it. What would you do? I don't know really. Just put a no. different outfit on and have a little wander. A bit like a GTA <laughs> style, I reckon. It's a really bad idea because you wouldn't do anything. You, you'd wander around cleaning up. Oh yeah, great. Pretending to be someone's uh, nanny. Great. Mark, what's happening with Mr. Outfire? So there is an R-rated, which for the UK listeners is about a 15. There is an R-rated version of Mrs. Doubtfire that has never seen the light of day. <laughs> we so <laughs> was it like they were shooting a scene once and he just he just let himself go. He just completely reinterpreted so, it. Yeah, so essentially Robin Williams had a deal with director Chris Columbus that he would do two or three takes of the script and then he would have a number of takes. Apparently one scene he did 22 different takes of where he could and I quote just have fun uh, and this led to a secret r-rated version of the film so there is they, they went yeah sure we'll use that we'll make a cut of it and there is a secret r-rated version of the film although director chris columbus said that he's kind of happy that the version that the public see is the version the public get maybe they'll release a few clips if they ever did a new documentary but other than that he's like nope it's staying under I, lock and key. i feel like this is quite common in films and, and tv shows and as i've done this kind of podcast i've noticed that a lot when i'm researching film facts like when we spoke about elf last week like in the last week I've watched Elf and I was interested in reading other Elf facts and like you know the scenes in Elf when he was like running around New York 
they had loads of that. Like, it was kind of like, just go and do whatever you want to do and we'll just get stuff. Do you reckon that's the case for this? And they were just like, whatever's good, we'll keep, we'll kind of work out the vibe of this. Yeah, well, it's like, I mean, it's, it's Robin Williams, isn't it, down to a T. When he did Aladdin, I think there's about, there's hours and hours and hours and hours of unused bits from Aladdin because they couldn't use it or just purely they had so many takes they just had to choose the best one yeah. Robin Williams never ever really seems to take himself too seriously and just went hey I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want and for Mrs Doubtfire it ended up in a proper a proper adult version of the film I guess with a with a film like that as well like Mrs Doubtfire you, you kind of you need that you know what he's doing it's a little bit not uncomfortable but out of his normal life so it's good that I, I guess that's what brought out the best of the film don't you think it's quite a common thing it's for oh here he goes comedian here he goes Mark. For, comedi- for comedians to be given an improv take it's quite Dan, a common thing in sitcoms and films Dan, just they usually do two and then they'll do a third like that's quite a common thing yeah yeah when you were in the great hall was it kind of like very much like getting all of the different versions of you eating your chicken leg and they were kind of like you know we can well, really we, yeah. no I was improvising the whole time there Connor see they would they, 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 they trust my improvisational skills to the extent that I was given very little direction it was hey eat this profiterole it's down to you what you want to do we're not going to give you motivation or direction just you free, you freewheel it yeah in the US office it, it's quite a thing where they would do two takes and then all of the actors because you had some pretty impressive improv comics like Steve Carell they could just do what they want and half the gags that they use in the actual film are from those takes in the series rather I think though there's a difference between saying hey go and have an improv take to Robin Williams having an improv take that entirely changes this from a PG rated film up to a 15 I think it depends what he did I guess didn't it I think it's a very different version of the film rather than just hey you might be able to use this one just going no I'm just going to do whatever the heck I I guess it depends if he says yeah, you just never know as well, you know. You could say that about Dan and his Previterol in the Great Hall. Like, it really can be interpreted in many a ways, you know, is it? couldn't it, Dan? Interesting that we've done two years, as you said, of this show, and the, the only time I've known you to research a fact outside of the confines of doing it for this show is one about the film Elf. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, I thought about oh, that. I thought I'd actually go, go and go and look up more about the film Elf. I know it just sums me up. I think I think it was because I really enjoyed the Elf fact. If you missed any of it, check out the last episode. It was just Christmas stuff, and I just wanted to find out more about that film Elf because it was actually a massive, massive film as well. And this is what I like about this fact from Mark is when you see a film that you love and then you hear about all of the backstory of it. All, I find it quite interesting. It's one of my favourite type of facts. There we go. Right, fact number one for me. The prototype of the car, the Rolls-Royce Ghost, it was so quiet inside it made test drivers sick. So the engineers had to remove some of the noise-isolating material and make seats that vibrated to make noise to put the drivers at ease. Wow, I like that. This is quite a common thing in people expect certain things to make noises. So if your Hoover is... For instance, if your vacuum cleaner is too quiet, you'll assume it's not working, or if it's too loud, you'll send it back. So they have to work at very specifically the correct like noise level that it can work. It's the same with these cars. Is that kind of like a little bit of a, you know, if you're like claustrophobic, it's a fear, it's a thing. Is that a type of that? You know, having items around you that should make noise that don't? Is it like this weird fear that people have? I don't know if it's a fear, I just think it's what it's just what people expect and it's something out of the ordinary for them for instance in like quite a lot of electric cars in electric sports cars supercars they'll have to put in like fake 
engine noise and growling as the car pulls away because it's half half the point in having one is that you've got the you know the drag sound as it races off the obnoxious sound i think it would make me it would make me ex- like incredibly travel sick being in a in a vehicle that was dead silent and feeling like i'm not in a vehicle like i struggle going backwards but that sort of thing would really make me feel sick that would be imagine imagine being in that on the phone how as do well. you drive if you struggle going backwards no as in surely, you know, surely reversing is one of those things that you've got to be good at you know when you sit on like a train and you're going backwards hate it i have to sit facing forwards when when i'm on a plane as well i have to be on the aisle seat oh i just think are oh, you people <laughs> Connor, give us your second fact of the show. The process. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing at this, right, is because this is just one of those f- facts that just, again, Danny's going to hate. But, you know, this is what we're here for. The process by which bread toasts is called mallard reaction. I don't mind that. Oh, there we go. It's a bit, it's a bit sciencey. Dan's on board. Yeah, two things. I, I like it because it's... Yeah, it is a chemical reaction, so they normally name these things. And also, they called it Mallard Reaction, so after a duck. Why is it called that? Okay, so the Mallard Reaction is a chemical reaction between amino acids and reducing sugars that gives browned food its distinctive flavour. So it's actually more about the flavour that you get from it, from those two things. You know when you burn your toast or you toast your toast a little bit more than the previous slice of toast? It does always taste different the more you toast it. That's what that is, and that's why it's got that name. Um, so an example could be your steaks, dumplings, cookies, toast, breads, marshmallows, anything. It comes into play with all of it. So you, I imagine the reason you thought I'd hate this is because you thought it was absolutely ridiculous and stupid, but it's a really smart fact. Well, yeah, I think what I've done wrong here is kind of put it in the same category as Nerdle and realising that this is actually related to science and Nerdle was just mm. complete and utter b- But... They're, yeah. yeah, they're separate. So I now understand that, Dan. Which one was the nerdle? The toothpaste? Toothpaste, yes, on the end of the toothpaste. I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, yeah I did say... I always said that when we put those billboards up all around London, that should have been the fact to sell it. But, you know, it swiftly got put aside. Mm. Almost a year ago now, that was. I, I still think it's... And, well, he's still, I, and he's still bitter. I still think it's possibly the best fact that has ever been brought to Baffled. I stand by that. I stand by that. So talk to me more about what's happening in toast when you burn it. So the amino acids do what now? Sorry, so it's a chemical reaction between the amino acids and reducing sugars that gives that brown food the distinctive flavour. So they're actually talking more about the flavour that that gives as opposed to the look itself. So obviously you can burn your toast and it'll be really, really dark. But something I didn't think about until I saw this fact is you forget that, don't you? The more you toast something, the flavour does change significantly, obviously. Um, And that's, that's the Mallard reaction right there for you. Do you know why they call it a Mallard reaction? I don't know why they call it a Mallard reaction. Was it named after some guy called Mallard who figured it out? Well, so I don't know. I don't know if it's Mallard like the duck. It looks like it's Maillard, M-A-I-L-L-A-R-D, who was a French chemist, Louis Camille Maillard. So it's probably the Maillard reaction. It actually says as well that um, it's quite yeah. bad. <laughs> It's quite bad for you, the old Mallard reaction. Yeah, move on swiftly. See you later. It's quite bad for you as well. Apparently, quite bad for you. Um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, shouldn't burn your stuff. It's quite bad for your insides. Yeah. I imagine it gives you, it gives carcinogenics. That's that's normally what people bang on about with burnt food. Well, for me, it will just give me probably raging indigestion and some terrible IBS. Corner has IBS. Corner has IBS. But it bloody well works when it comes out the other end. <laughs> so. Mallard reaction for me. To the diarrhea, doesn't it? Yeah, it all comes back to the diarrhea for me. Mallard reaction, bottom of the list. 
Uh, Mark, give us your second fact of the show. The Arctic comes from the Greek word arctos, which means bear. Oh, and one, the second, Antarctic. Mark. one second, Mark. Strap yourself in, Connor. Sit down. Yeah. Ears open. Mind Connor's wide. Do you know what? You've got not... Everyone, everyone listening, if there's a time to pause and grab yourself a beer, now is that time. Connor, you do know it's a podcast and people can just hit yeah, pause. Yeah, exa- exactly. Or when take they, it with them. <laughs> yeah, Connor, if they're pausing it, they're just going to play and they're still going to listen to the fact. Oh, yeah. They've got AirPods. Good point. I mean, what? they don't even necessarily have to have AirPods. Could just, yeah. could just be listening to it through a speaker. Yeah. Do you or think normal that, headphones? Do you think Apple, when they made AirPods, invented pausing? I don't mean. No, I think my mind is somewhere where it shouldn't be right now, which is in an area of just being f-ing stupid. So ignore me, Mark. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, so Arctic comes from the word Arctos, which means bear. The Antarctic is the, just just means the opposite of that. So the Antarctic stands for the opposite of the Arctic. The reason for that is that you can see the Ursa Major, which is known as the Greater She-Bear from the North Pole, but you can't from the South. Great. So they just called it the opposite of the North. Love that. Love that a lot. Big fan. Also, interestingly, not the reason, but there is polar bears in the North Pole, not in the South Pole. And therefore, bear, which is what Arctic means, has polar bears. Opposite of the bear, South Pole has no polar bears. You've got penguins at the South Pole as well, none at the North Pole. So you get bears in the Antarctic, but you don't in the Antarctic. You get bears in the the Arctic, Arctic. and Arctic stands for bear. Mm -hmm. And you don't get polar bears in the South Pole, which is the Antarctic, which means opposite of the bear. Well, there's a fact you never knew you needed. If there's anything to bank to know for the future, for general life, for general life, that's your fact. It's a good pub I was surprised. One. It's a good pub I, one. I learned. Is it? Is it? Is it? Oh, I learned the other day that the North Pole is not on a specific landmass. I always thought it was. It's just on like a massive ice sheet. Didn't know that. The actual North Pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connor, have you learned any geographical facts recently that you care to share in this free fact time? Um, yeah, something about Africa and hemispheres. It appears in all four. Is that right? Does it? It. it, it yeah, I didn't. In all, I four, didn't, in all, in all be, four of those hemispheres. I'll be completely honest with you. I was a little. I didn't really understand exactly what that meant, but it just no, felt like Africa you, was every, yeah. every Africa was everywhere. That was kind of how I mm. looked at it. Everywhere in the world, Africa is a bit of there, you know. So I think I think the first thing to say is that there are two hemispheres. Although I can understand what you think that's for. Hemisphere means half sphere, therefore half of the Earth. So it's in the north and the south. But if you did split it east west, it would also be in the east and the west. Mm. So that's why it's four, I guess. But. So geographical but I do enjoy fact. you were just immediately going it's in all four hemispheres it's not all four it's, it's everywhere it's all over the place it's everywhere I'll tell you what, what everywhere. I'll tell you what else I found out Connor, as well Connor look, look to your left Connor just, just behind you is the left it's Africa mate there's mm. Africa there can't move for it it's swarming you I what's found, going on I found out another geographical fact as well that I didn't know yeah, sure. I think this might come under geography but council tax changes value in different places right yeah. okay not, not geog- well t- I guess technically geography yeah because it's, it's set by different councils it's a really this, fun one for you listeners <laughs> I, I this is something that does this is something that doesn't need to be included in the podcast but one of the reasons I live where I do is I want to three hours later surprise council tax facts for you there from our very own geographical whiz, here, whiz kid from all four hemispheres Connor Knight second fact for me now I know this podcast is a show where we make light of facts. It's kind of the point. I don't really know if we can make light of this. I just thought it was quite interesting. Something we can share. In, 19, in 1986, a Russian commercial pilot 
made a bet with his first officer that he could land with the curtains drawn over the cockpit windows and not see what was in front of him as if he was blind. Guess what happened? The plane, the plane lost, nose he dived. Lost, he lost the bet, crashed, killed 70 people. Oh. Imagine re- making that bet. Mate, re- why have you made that bet? I, I mean, he's made that bet knowing that he can't really lose monetary-wise. The thing, like, I mean, he's very much lost. Let's not be, you know, let's not beat around the bush there, but... Why would you? The thing I struggle with, the thing I struggle with 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 this fact is it really enters the Elvis Presley kind of category, doesn't it? Of the fact that I bought that time, where you know we're looking at sad things and there's not really much to say. The thing is, though, this is quite interesting because so the first officer, um, also as well, the bet doesn't exist anymore because they're both got. got, It's not like you can hand over a score. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, what's... Say, who, who was the person who had the bet with him? Yeah, no, no, no. So, so the no, so the pilot. Here's what happened: the pilot and the first officer made this bet that the pilot could effectively land blindfolded with who? Uh, with each other. Yeah, but 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 here's here's the thing, and I think Connor's no, actually no, no. weirdly what? Connor, you're onto something here. Why would you take that bet? Because if you lose the bet, sorry, if if yeah, the first you, officer wins the bet he doesn't win $70 which by the way is a crap price to pay for life or however much it was because he's dead so there is no winning for him he either loses the bet or he dies do you want to hear what's interesting the uh, the captain survived and was sentenced to 15 years in prison that was then reduced to 6 years in prison so he'll be out now I mean he might not be alive anymore but you know you know what I mean brilliant well I'll tell you what we should do then research his name give me 6 coronas and I'll just give him a swift call if you want in the next few weeks see if he fancies coming on the pod but the thing is what's quite interesting is that you should be able to land what? without seeing well no, you've got all the data there you? Yeah, you've got all the data there. No, yeah. you, you know, you, you, you have the altitudeometer, whatever it's called, the altimeter, but, which will tell you how high or low you are. But you you'll are have something which, which will tell you. Yeah, but you'll have, I mean, this is in the 80s, so the tech probably and the stats weren't quite as uh, all over the place and everywhere as you are now. But you would imagine now they've probably got. A, a graphical version of the runway so they can land without looking at the, at the screen. But you're aiming for the runway, aren't you? They shouldn't, though. Yeah, yeah you... but what I'm saying, Connor, is that, that that'll exist on a computer in front of them so they don't need to look outside the window. Oh, right, okay, yeah, fair point. Right, yeah, so as in you don't actually need to visibly see where you're landing because it would already be presented to you in front yeah. of you in the cockpit. Right, okay, yeah, fair yeah, point. It'd be a bit of talent, You'd have your though, coordinates of where you... Well, do, yeah, and cle- do, clearly quite a lot of talent because this bloke didn't make it. Do we know what the crash was? Like, was it more of a... P- plummet was it like a did he hit the thing and then crash into something did, did, like what caused the actual pl- like death like wh- how did it go wrong? Uh, i think i i think i think he, he landed too far in front of the runway he overran it right yeah probably not probably not great and there was also people on the flight coming back from spain for example well, I don't really know where the... There were passengers, Russians yeah. holidayed in the mid-80s. Mm. But yes, there were passengers. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's not cold. It's not warm in Russia, so maybe they would get a little bit of sun in their life in October. Mm. Who knows? 
Mum's the Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts, and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Mum's the Word. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. If you want to take it to happier climbs, more cheerful notes, it's info at baffledpod.com and you can follow us on socials, Insta and TikTok. We are at baffledpod there. Last fact of the show. We are flying through it this week. So, Connor, drag this out so we can make the full 40 minutes. What's your third fact of the show? Well, I, um, I, I've, I, I've found this fact and in hindsight now reading it in my head, I, I think we've used it. But in South Korea, there is an emergency number. It's 113. And that number is called to report spies. Oh, I didn't know that. Have we used that I didn't before? Know that. Oh, I don't think we have. No, okay, yeah. This is the thing. We got to the twenty-four months now, haven't we? You know, end of the year. It's hard. It's hard because we the Google Doc doesn't exist. I don't have a clue what we've done and what we haven't done. So we just got to throw well, it out there, and we well, just got to see the well, reaction. It does, it, it does exist. It's just you just don't use it. No, Mark does. Mark, I think, goes on no, there sometimes. Well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you don't. So it is used. It is in use. Um, the idea of it is, for obvious reasons, um, to report spies. Um, and it's a government-enforced number to make sure that if anyone... But it kind of feels like, in a weird way, you're kind of reporting on something that's way out of your league. You know, like, your name's Brian. You live in, you live in South Korea now. You're out there doing a bit of tech work, maybe having a coffee having a latte Tuesday morning you spot a spy are you really going to take it upon yourself to grasp that spy up on a call to 113 I don't think I would I think I'd just probably leave it to be honest with you wouldn't you it's for the greater good Connor it's for the greater good for the greater good <laughs> yeah what you want to do if you are the spy agency you want to make like 112 or 133 
so that if people are misdialing, you know who's trying to get in touch with the authorities. It's true because it's very easy to misdial a three-digit number. Well, you're doing it quickly. What's great about it as well is it is actually a real thing because um, I was a bit like, is this a bit... Mm, you know, I wasn't 100% sure. I've done some research. Check me out. And it says here that here's the quick numbers you can ring in South Korea. 112 for your police. 110 for non-emergencies. You've also got 127 for narcotics reports. 182 for travel. It's too many numbers. Yeah, it's you got many. one. You got travel. one for travel. Yeah, for travel updates. Apparently, you got one. Oh, I like three, that. You got one three three zero. That just says travel hotline. That one, which I don't know what okay. the difference is between travel and travel hotline. And then yeah, one one three is reporting spies. I imagine the travel hotline is reporting travel incidents, and the other ones to check travel incidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to get ourselves on one of those. Imagine that a little hotline. You give it a ring, and you just get facts all day. Do you know the Do you know the worry that I've I've not the worry, but the concern that I have with this is: Would you feel you'd be the sort of people that if you touch down in South Korea, you just want to call it to know what happens? Because I feel like I probably would. Where are you no. getting this fact from? Well, I got the facts on a fact website, but then I then looked into it and I looked into the official South Korean numbers okay. to call. I looked onto Reddit, and it's all a thing. People do it. It exists. Okay, fine. Exists. Look, look at you doing research. Connor, if you could ring a number, a three digit number to get anything, what would it be? If I could ring a three digit number to get anything? Yeah, so you call it and it does what you want. You know, you can report spies, you can get a, a massage, you can get KFC, what would it be? Oh, that, is a, that is a really good, good question, that. Really good question. I think it'd just be a swift 111 uh, and it'd probably be for some Rennie instantly because sometimes I just need it and I don't have it. But doesn't your IBS sort that out for you? No, just just in, instant droppage of Rennie, just in front of me, you know? Bang. I actually could do with some do you, now, but I don't have any. I have a feeling if you want instant droppage of Rennie, then you, what you want is a genie rather than a three-digit number. Mm. I feel like if you ring a three-digit number for it, you've got to at least wait for the bloke to turn up with it. Mm. I don't know if I've ever had indigestion in my life, you know, a heartburn. Maybe once. Really? What are you eating that's means you need instant Rennie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's part of a. I think I think I think it links in with a, a lot of things. It's probably you know. I, I should flag up for those who aren't approaching middle age or from the UK. Rennie is you know it's it's it's, it's your indigestion and heartburn medicine. Your remedy. Your remedy for kind of the, that gastrointestinal issues. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Legendary musician Billy Joel, or Billy Joel, as I think he now wants to be called, as you said, as you said Dan, uh, has a policy to never put the front row seats of his gigs up for sale. Why? Because he feels like if he does that, only the rich people are going to have it, and they don't give a <laughs> So instead, he gives away his front row tickets to his real fans in the cheaper seats. Bit of an oddball, I think, Billy Joel. Mm. He, do, he does some pretty out there things. Don't, 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 don't really see the point in this. It's because he just doesn't want to look out and just see rich people there who don't really care. He's like, no, I'd rather give it to my mega fans who can only afford the cheap seats. But then, but then, so then that becomes a status in itself. Mm. It, it, you know, it's not, it's not it's not costing you money, but there'll be I don't know some form of competition involved for you getting those. I want, how does he make sure he does it every gig? I once sat front row at um, Lee Evans at the O2. I was front 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 row. Um, and I actually hated being front row. It was 
experience. I'd much rather be maybe midway back for like you just get a much better experience. Front row isn't the best, I don't think, anyway. I went to see Lee Evans at the O2 and I was sat so far away I could barely... He was like a pin, like a, like a tiny dr- grain of rice on the stage in front of me. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that I did sit front row <clears> is because my mate's mum cuts his hair. Other than that, I, I wouldn't have afforded tickets at the front row but didn't really enjoy it you feel like you're kind of a little bit like this you know a bit further back it gives you gives you a better vision and, and for those listening which is all of you Connor just craned his neck back as if yeah he was I was wondering Mark how come you could get like maybe a little voiceover for the new year that just kind of explains what I do just an just yeah. audio description just the visual of the side of me that I do yeah. when it's actually an audio outlet brilliant Mark you know the Disney parade Disney parade yeah I know the Disney parade You've been front row for that. Have you, have you got? Have you sat there like an hour first to save your seat? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Thought so. Every time. No. no. When I went to Disneyland, when I went to Disneyland, I was um, I, I, my girlfriend sat on the curb where, where it's due to pass by. She got there like forty-five minutes early, and then it built up to such a degree that about five minutes before the parade started, a load of kids kind of couldn't get through and they couldn't see anything so me I had to stand up and kick her to make her stand up to give them her curbside seat and she was not best pleased I mean they're kids you can see over Mike I feel like to kind of end the year you know we've spoken a lot this Mm. year about you and Disney a lot it's come up a lot Mm. just Mm. a final I'd Mm. like to know this what's your like biggest Disney Mm. moment where you were like wow this is this is a cool moment Disney highlight have you had something big happen where you were like man this is cool I don't know like I've been backstage at Disney World that's pretty cool <laughs> seeing like the inner workings and how stuff works that's pretty cool I love it there we go the backstage of Disney World bosh yeah where all the magic happens where all the people that you know only go there if they get paid to do it the people that work at Disneyland and, and you're you're there like you want a competition like you're a make wish boy <laughs> oh, my god. Oh, my god. oh my god yeah yeah. This is why I was laughing when you said it because I was waiting for Dan to just digest what was said and then say something like that. So thank you, Dan. Last fact of the show. Did you know for 80 years it was illegal to use the letters Q, W and X in Turkey? Why? Q, W and X are not in the Turkish language, but they're in the Kurdish language. There's been a big battle in Turkey over Turks and Kurds. So in a big to oppress the minority... Uh, the, the the president at the time uh, made them outlawed. It was illegal to use Q, W, and X in any form of word uh, from 1928 till 2013 for so, 85 years. So you're saying Q? Sorry, because I have got confused here. Q, W, N, X, or and X, no, and and X, and X. Right. So I was going to say N's a bit of a big old letter to not use because the the, the so the purpose was to change the writing system of Turkish from the ones that the Ottoman had used to a Roman uh, uh, form of writing language. And also it was to oppress the Kurds. There really is a lot of in there that people try to do in the life of in the world when it's kind of like there's so much stuff going on and people actually focus on these things, you know? What's crazy as well is you tend to think this always happens back in the day, but at some point the present was back in the day so you have to think like what in 200 years will they be looking at what we do now and being like I can't believe those those suckers I can't believe those suckers you know I mean then insert whatever you want you look at the world now don't you and you'll look back and go god do you remember those days eh you you, you tend to do that a lot Connor I think you just sit there stewing just raging at the state of things yeah I have to write it down let it out yeah in a in a what in in letters to Downing Street 
No, I'm not Written clever blood. enough. I'm not clever enough to make decisions. I don't know what's going on. Just a bit nonsense at times. That's all, eh? Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Faffled. I hope you've learned something. Been a bit of a mellow one to finish the year, but I actually think, apart from the Donkey Kong one, it's the strongest nine facts that we've had in a little while, well, wouldn't you say? Can't just disregard the Donkey Kong fact like that. What have we learned this week? Well, the Antarctic is just the opposite of the Arctic, where you can see a bear. Also, if you see spies in South Korea, you know the number to ring, 113. And this holiday season, check out the brilliant, much-loved classic film, Donkey Kong. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. I'm off. Fingers crossed, heart praying that my New Year's resolution will come through, that I get to go backstage into the warehouses at Disney World. Until then, we will see you in 2022. Uh, I don't know, actually. Do we have a Connor Explains before that? Yeah, it's Connor Explains. I've I've lost all track of time. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. We will see you on Friday for our last episode of 2022. Until then, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.